life is so fragile, where the right combination of elements, the right temperature, the right distance from the sun, and this measure of time spent developing and changing, billions of years, one thing slightly off and we would be nothing, dust or gas or something, I'm in awe of it. Similarly, we are in awe of what some filmmakers have done with low budgets and big dreams. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of alleged cinematic H.P. Lovecraft inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I am Jim Rohner. And I'm James O'Cormick. And today we'll be reviewing 2019's The Beach House, written and directed by Jeffrey A. Brown. And joining us to discuss is film writer, book critic, and cosplay extraordinaire, Jessica Scott. Jessica, thanks for joining us on the cast of Cthulhu. Woohoo! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, Jess, I have, I've tried to intro you uh, a few times in the sense of um, also narrator extraordinaire for the, uh, the, the It um, <laughs> chapter one read-through script um, Jess and I shared and uh, 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 the narration duties. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've primed people to kind of be like, okay, we got this awesome woman coming on to talk about stuff, but talk a little bit about, more about yourself, what you do, who you write for, anything and everything. I want to hear about it. Listeners want to hear about it. So spill your guts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a writer. I um, mainly, you know, I do film reviews and essays about horror, primarily uh, at Film Cred, uh, Nightmarish Conjurings, at Ghoul's Mag, uh, several other places. I've written some things. Um, I have a horror comics column over at Daily Grindhouse. Um, and as you mentioned, I, I like to dabble in the cosplay. I, <laughs> you flatter me with the extraordinaire uh, addendum but <laughs> uh, but yeah and I um, am on Twitter constantly at we who walk here just rambling about whatever horror movie I'm watching that day um, <laughs> but yeah that's it I'm mainly just a freelance writer who likes to say silly things on Twitter I'd say I also appreciate when you dig up um, these were the tweets that are in my drafts folder I will share them with you now <laughs> <laughs> I, I was proud of some of those <laughs> yeah, no, they, they were they were pretty good. Um, I'll have to take a screenshot of some of your greatest hits, maybe, and post them on the Facebook page. But oh, awesome. Um, okay, so that that explains. So, do you you knew Jay then? Because I know Jay is over at uh, Daily Grindhouse as well. Jay Allaray. Yeah, I I didn't really know him until I started at Daily Grindhouse. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're just uh, we're collecting a, a little ensemble of Daily Grindhouse writers, I think, here on the Cast of Cthulhu. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. And now. Um, Jess, I'm curious as to, I don't want to say why you requested to be on this podcast, because we are delightful human beings, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> when we put a call out, you know, and, and a few people responded, you and Jay, and I just, what is it about Lovecraft, about horror? I mean, some people have, you know, kind of a really um, intimate, I don't want to say intimate connection, but, you know, Lovecraftian stuff is like, that's up James and I's wheelhouse so much so that we started a podcast about it. <laughs> um, and for other people, it may be sort of a vague nebulous sort of concept, but when you, when you hear Lovecraft or Lovecraftian, what does it conjure for you personally? Um, for me, it's, there's something about it that does appeal to me very deeply in terms of just the cosmic horror of it. When I when I hear that someone say something is Lovecraftian, I think that it deals with the horror and revulsion you feel from the knowledge that the universe is vast and unknowable and it is either completely indifferent to you or it is actively malevolent towards you. <laughs> and the sense of life is meaningless and sometimes cruelly so 
<laughs> is something that has always resonated with me deeply and it has been a deeply held belief of mine. <laughs> so when I when I find, you know, books or films or whatever that kind of says, you know, all those happy endings that you see aren't true. The truth is that there are vast powers that either don't care about you or really, really hate you. That feels true to me. So I always kind of connect with stories like that. So that's one reason that I was excited to be on the podcast. The other is just, I like talking to nice people about horror movies. Like I, I'm always saying, please have me on your podcast. I love talking to people about horror and about all kinds of films. So I'm always answering calls for podcast guests because I just love talking about movies. I'm so, I will never, I think, I will never not be in awe of how so many people, and certainly not everyone, but so many people involved in horror and horror film Twitter and that kind of stuff are just some of the nicest people and want to be associated with some <laughs> of the nicest people. Um, so much yeah. so that we've we've seen like Twitter and other sort of things like be, have an uprising when it's like, these people, this publication was shitty. Let's call them out on this sort of thing. And like, and I, I kind of, I really love that. I know, like I, I I think if you're in the horror community or if you're a horror fan and you're not even on, you know, quote unquote horror Twitter, you know that horror fans are some of the biggest sweethearts in the world. But to outsiders, that seems ironic. Like they think if you're into horror, you're like a serial killer or you're mean to everybody and you hate everybody on the in the world and you kick puppies and, you know, all this awful <laughs> stuff. But no, horror fans are sweethearts and they like hanging out with other horror fans who are sweethearts, mm -hmm. you know. I will never forget um, years and years ago, I, I used to interview filmmakers, um, you know, low budget, mostly documentary filmmakers. But after seeing Repo, the, gen the genetic opera, I got to speak to Darren Lynn Bousman and one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And like, here's a guy that, you know, uh, you know, it was primarily known for the Saw franchise. And like he was he took my business card. He put it in a little pile with other business cards that he was collecting from people that day. He was just such a nice guy. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. I wish I liked his <laughs> I wish I liked his movies better. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think this is probably just me being like an armchair psychologist, but I think a lot of times the horror fans, we exercise our demons through horror. <laughs> so we get all the nasty parts of our personalities out and then we're just nice people. And it's all the people who haven't dealt with their shit, who <laughs> don't have horror to like work through the meaner impulses or the darker impulses all that stuff stays bottled up and then it comes out in less healthy ways but right. I, I might think, just be completely making things up right now though no i think i think you're certainly out of something there um you know because james is a very nice guy but uh if you've been paying attention to this podcast for a while he hates happy endings absolutely <laughs> yeah. hates oh, the, the worst the worst <laughs> <laughs> so then based on what you've just said especially about what draws you to love crafty and stuff i, I think you picked a, a perfect movie in The Beach House because especially, and I, I wrote this in, in the notes, is that like I find I find nothing more beautiful and terrifying than the ocean and water yes. and vast depths than just this idea of like, especially you get out to a certain part in the world, the actual globe, and just like you're just kind of a speck in the middle of nowhere and nothing cares about you. And I find that like, mm -hmm. Ooh, there's, and I wrote it too, just like, I don't know if any of the listeners have heard of this video game Subnautica, but the premise is basically you, cr you crash land on a planet, which is mostly water, and you just have to survive. And it's like, ooh, there's beautiful coral and these little fish, and then it, you eventually get to a point where it's like, it's pitch black and I can't see anything that's out there. And it's, I, I may be one of the only people that is terrified of a certain specific 
uh, sequence in Finding Nemo when they see what they think is a fish, but it's actually that big whale. Yeah. But it's so huge in this infinite vastness of the water that it just seems like this tiny little thing. And I'm just like, this is, please stop. Let's get back to land and somewhere that's safe. That's terrifying. Like aquatic horror is some of my favorite slash least favorite horror <laughs> because because I'm with you. It's just there. It's so deep and you don't know what's down there. Like I, I get panic attacks if I get into the ocean, if I get beyond like knee depth because <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know what's below me. I don't know how far down it goes. And, you know, you see all these images of the fascinating but also terrifying sea creatures that can only survive at that depth. And we still don't know what the hell is down there. I'm, I'm with you. It's just, God, it's terrifying. <laughs> they say we've explored more of outer space than we have of our own oceans, which... Yeah. Nope. yeah. <laughs> we will stay on land. <laughs> now, James, what is your relationship to the ocean as, as someone who was born and raised in, in New York City? Um, not the biggest fan. <laughs> uh, I can't swim, so... Mm -hmm. So I would die if I was just thrown into the middle of the ocean. I, I mean, most people would probably die if they got thrown in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, like, I mean, you know, I like water, but there's something about the saltiness of the, of, you know, the sea, the ocean. I do not like, like it's, 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 it's very foreign to me. So, and, you know, going to the beach with like my family was always like a, cause I don't know, something about, I, I, I like the concept of laying on a beach this, if it's nice sand, but remember, New York City <laughs> beaches aren't the nicest places, you know. Like there's crack, crack vials, and you know, growing up in the '80s, it, they weren't the nicest areas. I mean, I saw someone shot to death on Coney Island Beach, so oh God. on a July Fourth, and that stuck with me to this day, like thirty something years later. So a little, a little share, a little, <laughs> a little too much sharing time for James here, but. <laughs> which i always love like when people, when people ask me oh you know when i when i moved to like ohio for a couple of years and people were like oh you're from new york you know like you're from new york i'm like yeah 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 i'm like you ever seen someone get shot i'm like twice they're like and, and it would shut down everybody they were like oh oh i can't i can't make fun of you or anything uh hey uh and they would just scamper off you know well Today, KKK meeting or something. I don't know. What what an apropos time to say our sponsor for this episode is Talkspace. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have something there, but but yeah, but the ocean. So yeah, the ocean is uh, it's a no. It going back to the the concept. It, it's a scary, scary place. And like considering there's, as we said, there's animals that can only survive not even just in the ocean, but like in like parts of the ocean that are just acidic. Like right. there's that one there's that one fish that could just swim around and it's like, oh wait, you live in acid. <laughs> how, how the hell did that happen? And then you have, um, what is it? The angler fish or the one with the weird eye? Yeah, like, yeah like, with like the, the light, yeah. Yeah, that thing is, that, that thing is like a horror film right there. Like mm -hmm. you can make a horror film just with that thing going around eating people. Cause it's the concept of it figured out a way to entice other fish with a little light mm -hmm. but how but how do you make a light from your own body like, <laughs> like holy shit like so so considering that that's why i love concepts of um you know horror films that you know the space horror but then it's like no it's actually all that shit that's up there it's also down below 
waiting <laughs> to come up. You know, like I love like when that happens and you're like, oh, you were looking to the skies, but it was all down below all along. And that's that's why, like, you know, this was a perfect film, you know, of that's just this one reminded me of like, um, I don't know if you guys have seen The Bay. Oh, yeah. 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 That's another one that like, you know, super like, you know, found footage if no one's ever seen it. But like that film creeps me out, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in this one, the jelly, we'll go, we'll get into that jellyfish scene. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was actually screaming on my couch going like, no, no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you, and, and that gets me because when, you, and a, when a horror film can get me with that, you've won. You've yeah, won that's, me. That's right. Th- this is, I believe, James's first time is seeing the beach yes. house. This is my second, oh. but Jess, this yeah. is your, you, as you said, this is your fourth time seeing the beach house. So you must yeah. love this movie. I love this movie so much. And I, that scene, I will never watch that scene without going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I can't make it through that scene without oh. just like crawling up into my own body. Oh, God. But yeah, I do love this movie. It's my fourth time watching it. So, oh, so good. Um, yeah. And if, if just to, I guess, creep ourselves out a little bit more. Yeah. I just like, you know, sci fi and like horror films like the 50s when it's like, hey, what if it, what if ant, but super huge? <laughs> so just to met like, like an angler fish but one that's like the size of a bedroom like that's oh or oh god no if you yeah so i want i also wrote this in the notes but since james wrote up i'll get to it now if you like if mob if i got tied up with the mob and they were trying to shake me down for information (laughs) just stick my body over like a tank full of jellyfish i will tell you anything you want to know i will give up anyone that's like keeping secrets like those things (laughs) terrify me and and james you mentioned this it's like Mm -hmm. i describe those like they're so alien except they're right here they come from here and they're these eyeless brainless just floating assassins that just kind of like if you get in their way they'll sting you they don't care it's just like they're going i I was stung by a jellyfish right under my eye once oh oh my god jellyfish they don't care they if you're even anywhere near their turf Mm. mm -mm. yeah they're just murderous blobs you're right (laughs) (laughs) because like listen a brown bear a shark yeah sure they'll they'll likely kill me if i encounter them but you can also (laughs) I feel like with their eyes and with their brains, they can process like a threat and like you can fight off a bear. There's like certain things you can do to get a shark to, but like how you can't scare a jellyfish. It's just going to, if you're in its path, that's it. You have to move or, or, or else. Like, right. Like right. you can, like they always say, like punch a shark on the top. If you punch a jellyfish, you're just like absorbed <laughs> into its body. Like <laughs> that's not doing you any favors. No dislike. I, I, I had a, <laughs> I had a friend that when I was much younger, he got stung by a Portuguese man of war, which I know is not exclusively a jellyfish. It's a different family, but those things can grow for so long that you can get stung by it, even though it's like yards away from you because of how long their tendrils are. It's just like, I I don't like if there is a God, why did it create these things? I I don't, I don't get it. Like, like I'm thinking of like the, the villain from time bandits when he's complaining about God and he's like, he created slugs. I'm like, I feel that way about jellyfish. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, David Warner, yes. Slugs. He created slugs. He created slugs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, Jess, fill us in a little bit. What, what was, I mean, fourth time you love this movie. What was your, yes. what's your relationship with it? Like, when did you see it for, for the very first time? Can you remember? Um, I 
the first time I watched it, I was just watching it just to see it on Shutter, which I, I don't do much very often because lately I'm just I'm watching something to review it or to prepare for an essay or an interview or something. Um, but I just I watched it just to watch it because it sounded like it was right up my alley. And it it was it blew me away. Um, one of I, I like all kinds of different kinds of horror, but one of my favorite things about horror movies is when they are very patient mm-hmm. and they just let the the dread and the bleakness just seep in and just kind of like come in through your pores and like just fill you up with that a horrible sinking sense that something terrible is about to happen and this movie takes its time it's very patient and especially this was um Jeffrey A. Brown's debut his feature debut which is a amazing for how assured he is and how confident he is in the way he sets up his scenes and the shots and how long the shots take um so I love really patient horror so I love this film but you know every time I've watched it since then has been to prepare for something like for um, a review I did an interview on it and now for the podcast but the first time was just because I loved it you know mm-hmm. I remember yeah. seeing it. So it, a little bit of background on it. it yeah, Shutter acquired the rights for it in October 2019. It had its U.S. debut at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival in that same month and year. Um, I didn't watch it for the first time until sometime last year when we're like knee deep in the pandemic because I kept seeing commercials for it on AMC and obviously AMC right. owns Shutter. But the the first time I saw it, I think I appreciated it, but definitely much more so the second time around, because especially the, the promotional material on AMC kind of played up more of the, they show that shot of the jellyfish on the beach and all, and, and like it makes you kind of think there's a, a lot more of a right. external threat or, or like a, a tangible, sizable external threat, like, oh, there's something lurking out on the horizon kind of a thing, and that's... Mm-hmm. Not so much the case, um, but I, I definitely uh, liked it a lot more this time around. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Jeffrey A. Brown's uh, feature directorial debut. He has previously done a lot of work as a location manager or scout uh, on Girls, Fringe, The OA, Master of None, uh, The Dead Don't Die, kind of all over the place. Even yeah. The Wolf of Wall Street, he's got a credit on for location scout. So the dude is in the business and kind of has a, a sense of really what's a good location to to set up an ideal story or to tell it here, which I think is very important. Um, mm-hmm. Shot it at a, the Cape Cod beach house of a producer for the film, Andrew Corkin. He said it's inspired by a breakup that he had after a trip to Cape Cod <laughs> um, and also uh, lists his inspirations for the film as if you want to play a fun game of one of these things, it's not like the other. Mm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, Shivers, The Quarter Mass Experiment, and... Drake Doriamus's Like Crazy, starring Anton Yelchin, the late Anton Yelchin, and Felicity Jones, which I love. I love that movie, but it's also like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that one to be, <laughs> no, no. To be thrown in there. Um, and he describes it as a, quote, modern 50s sci-fi film dressed up in uh, contemporary clothing. Um, so, you know, once again, tying back into that idea of like, you know, what if a, a giant anglerfish, like like was scary in the 1950s? I think it certainly fits with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, James, as a, as a first timer, what were your yeah. impressions or your first kind of your your thoughts on on seeing it? Um, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna like say, oh, you know, I'll I'll be coy. No, I really, <laughs> really, really enjoyed it because, again, like like Jessica Jessica said, it's it builds it builds the tension and because it it. I never watched a trailer. I didn't see those AMC like things that would have kind of like not tarnished it, but have been like, really, that's how you're selling it. Like <laughs> as this type of film, because, because to me, it's one of those films where 
you know, you're watching these normal people with normal problems that we might not know what they are, you know, with like Mitch and Jane, how they come in and you don't know what's going on with them. And everything's going hunky dory, you know, everything's good. And then it just builds because then it's like, oh, is it is it this thing that's doing? No, it's something else. And like, oh, it's so beautiful outside. But is it? It might look beautiful, <laughs> but it isn't beautiful. And like it just builds and builds. So it's like when we get to that jellyfish scene, it's it's after some, you know, we'll get into it. It's after something really tragic. And then it's like when it just when you just see it, you're like, oh my God, what the hell, what the hell is going on? And this mm-hmm. keeps building and building, and then it be, almost becomes like a zombie film. And like mm-hmm. it's like it has these weird layers. And considering like, you know, um, a location manager made this you know like like it's great that like he for years he had a you know and he's still i think he just um finished um doing a location manager for um the werewolves within which is getting really good reviews mm-hmm. so so it's funny so he's still in that world but you know considering it's like it, it's one of those things where we've watched a lot of first-time filmmakers on this podcast like starfish mm-hmm. and i know you weren't a biggest fan Jim, but you again you even said it in that episode like but you still appreciate what this person did with what they had i'm really impressed with what um jeffrey brown did with this like with whatever limited budget he had because this visual effects enough in it but it's like very trippy like experimental filmmaking which you know growing up loving like stan brackage and, and filmmakers like that you know chris marker it's like oh okay I can appreciate it even just as like an experimental film at some points when like this trippiness is happening. So yeah, like I really dug it and like, you know, considering that I kept seeing it on shutter and going, <laughs> ah, maybe next time, you know, it's one of, and, and shutter is a weird thing like that. Cause like they have so many like cool, weird films and like sometimes um, for like, you know, usually Corinne, you know, my, my fiance will actually go on and just watch the, when it's just like, what's, what's streaming at that moment? It doesn't matter what it is. And she'll just go like, oh, you know, what's, what's this? And it's like five minutes in. And like, even like myself, if I'm up or whatever, I'll be like, oh, I'll watch it with you. And then like, it's like, oh, okay, that was pretty cool. Or that was all right. You know, it wasn't, I haven't really seen something that's like total crap on shutter which is which is actually impressive for me for for a streaming network you know yeah. mm-hmm. you know like stuff is like you know like but the, i'm usually more impressed than anything and like i really think you know I, i'm not sure who else is with um sam zimmerman that does the picking and mm-hmm. choosing of films but yeah like they don't get enough credit for one the price you know and, and this is sounding like a freaking shill for a shutter right now <laughs> but i've been like you know like a shutter you know fan from day one and it's like i'm just really always impressed with like the stuff they get I, you know in a way i almost like would love to show the beach house in a double feature with starfish and like i mean it as it's almost too and it's funny that we kind of did that unintentionally you know what i mean Mm. even though they're not you know summer both summery one's a summer one's more of a winter (laughs) but they kind of go like they kind of go hand in hand with how this basically you know starfish is like what's up there and you know beach house is what's down there and it's kind of and and it's like 
both are horrifying in their own ways. And like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, even though like this, this film actually just like had me go, oh yeah, this could happen and it could happen really fast. And that's how fast it happens. Like all of a sudden it's like this emergency test, you know, test system going on. You're like, what the hell is going on? Like, like they somehow missed everything. And how did they miss all this? You know what I mean? Like there was nothing on the radio on the way in or was he just listening to a CD? You know what I mean? It's like, how did you not see this? Like, oh, and, it's, and, and that's the thing. It, film, it begins with that dread of, oh, there's no one around. But, but at first it's like, oh, this is great that no one's around. And, you know, I, I kind of agree. Like if I go somewhere like a, a beach or like a, like a forest somewhere, I like it when there's nobody around. But after a while, it starts to become <laughs> it's really weird. creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. there's nobody around? Like, especially at a beautiful beach and there's all these beach houses. Well, it's not the season yet. Yeah, but you would think there would be someone or a couple of people living. And then we do see that. And it's like, oh. And that's, that's yeah. so just mentioned on Twitter that seeing for the fourth time, she just noticed something for the first time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Watching this for the second time, I didn't realize that the implication whether it's intended or not, but that when they show up there and you have Randall saying like, oh, well, the season doesn't start until May, or you have um, uh, Mitch, who's later on saying like, where is everybody? And just that sense of like, maybe this whole thing started long before they got there. So people would like, whoever lived there had already been eradicated or wiped out. Like that didn't occur to me until watching it again this time. Yeah. And that's another thing we're talking about, you know, we like, you know, horrifying endings rather than happy endings. I love the idea that the apocalypse is not some dramatic, fiery, mm-hmm. one-time event where everybody knows it's coming. We're sitting there, we're watching the meteor come crashing down. We're holding <laughs> on to our loved ones tearfully. I'm getting really dark here, but no, the apocalypse, it's its so sad and slow and painful and lonely. It's yes. like an individual apocalypse for every single person. They die alone and in pain and it's mm. horrifying, but that feels more realistic to me. Like that feels more true to what I see the end of the world as being not, you know, fire crashing down from the sky. It's just everybody dying alone, sad and in pain. <laughs> James, how are we doing so far? Are you feeling me feeling oh. pretty good? Oh, that, 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 and like, again, that's my type of ending. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the, but it's true though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's to me, that's actually more scary that yeah, yeah. we all have our own personal apocalypse within. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. Like, and dying alone, you know, that's what we do in in life. Like we die alone and Mm -hmm. this kind of emulates that, but just on this, I don't want to say grander scale, but it's like constant. And like, how, how are you going to die? You're either going to become this, you know, unthinking like zombified version. And we see even like a, a person that's been, like this for much longer yeah. as like mm-hmm, jim yeah. like you said this mm-hmm. has been going on for a while yeah. or you choose your fate and you kill yourself and like you know and and like and it's mm-hmm. funny because that happens at a point when before it really is known you know like he just yeah. you know we'll get into that later but like it's like it's, it's a really beautifully tragic scene and it's like i'm always impressed when a horror film can do that where like, I always hate the concept, oh, horror films, you know, like, you know, you have those, that segment of people that are like, oh, horror films, they're not artistic, they just... Unless they're elevated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, God, elevated horror. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, but yeah, like, like um, you know, I hate that because it's like, oh, my God, you've, then you've never seen, like, you know, 
so many films. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I understand that now. Like even like something that's like you know simple to me as Psycho. It's like oh, you can't see the art in that. Okay, mm -hmm. let let that that then I can't have a conversation with you. Because, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And and also just as you said, not just the fact of, of this idea of the apocalypse being this slow, painful kind of isolating process, but also as this film proposes something that is a result of natural biological evolutionary developments of like the world turning on us, or there, there's a little bit of, of a, of kind of threads in there of this is caused by our own actions because the heat of the planet kind of caused these, whatever under the water to kind of come up. And just this idea of like, yes, either this is just going to naturally happen because doesn't matter you know how much money you're making you're not standing in the way of evolution and biology or mm -hmm. we fucked things up so much that it's like <laughs> and now we're dead so <laughs> the way i saw it is um we, we especially with um uh, emily's speech about what she's studying about the astrobiology and how how fragile we are and what a fluke humanity is mm -hmm. i saw it as saying that art we're running on borrowed time as humanity mm, we are right. operating on borrowed time but our actions are hastening our own demise that's how mm -hmm. i took it because especially when you listen to the radio um dispatches towards the end of the film and you listen to the emergency signal that's coming out they're talking about how this is an extinction and an extinction event um and they give the coordinates of an oceanological research center where this may have originated from so i think they they were doing an experiment they were doing a study when they were deep diving and they unleashed the microbes mm -hmm. and that's what and they were coming anyway but we made it happen a lot faster that's how i see it interesting okay i because i was going to say that this could exist in the same universe as the mist where we were tinkering with something and all of a sudden oopsie now there's a now there's this there's this big vaporous thing that's just like bringing along with the death and destruction mm -hmm. and like, i could see that too though that is intriguing um yeah because even even her speech and, and i i spoke a little bit of it in the in the intro to this episode mm -hmm. yeah that idea of we are our existence is such a fluke you don't want to say mistake but just like it was just a random happenstance and yeah. that idea of like so no matter what's happening in your life oh my boyfriend's an asshole and man randall is an oh, asshole oh, yes and, i hate that so. guy I hate and that as guy i wrote so a, him. a useless asshole which is probably the worst kind of asshole exactly <laughs> um, <laughs> no matter what's going on in your life or, or what you've built up or not it's like it doesn't matter because our existence in the and, I, and by our, I mean humankind's existence in the, it's just like a blink, just like a speck mm -hmm. in this whole vastness. I mean, if anyone's ever watched um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's version of Cosmos on Netflix or wherever, he basically lays out that like, if creation from the Big Bang was a calendar, you know, like five point or however many billion years we've right. existed, humans came around on the last second of the last day of December 31st. Like, that's mm -hmm. how... That's how relatively new we are and how relatively insignificant we are in just everything, you want to say? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah, and James, I like you mentioned that shot when Mitch walks into the ocean. It's a beautiful shot, oh, but it's also like, oh God, like he's walking into this vast expanse of nothingness. Yeah, just, just going in for a swim. Like he's so nonchalant. It's like, and, and again, <laughs> like you said, like now finally realizing, oh yeah, Jake Weber, him. 
he like gives a gravitas to everything like mm-hmm. he really does like he and it's funny because like again he he this time he goes you know what i remember what happened in dawn of the dead i'm fucking leaving <laughs> I, 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 I i stayed around i saw i see my yeah. my wife becoming something i don't know what she's becoming it's creeping me out like i it's not you know and he said he has the whole thing and of course at first you're like oh my god like you know she's she's dying from cancer or something because like the way he's describing seeing someone change in front of you mm-hmm. you know that's something you've heard from other movies where it's like you know oh my god it's so sad but then it's like oh no no he's talking about something more and yeah this, and he's her protector you know does that when they're on edibles at one point, which is funny because I was on edibles a couple of days ago. <laughs> and and some of it, like, I, I, I could agree, like, yeah, that happens. It, 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 it was a very impressive scene for me that I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they're actually doing it. Because I hate films that try to do drug scenes and they don't do it right. <laughs> it's like, like you know, someone's smoking weed and they're like going crazy. It's like, no, this, is, this isn't Reefer Madness anymore. Stop it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, and I love that. Cause like, he's like, where, where, where's Jane? Where's Jane? I, I, I need to help, you know, like you could tell like this guy loves her so much and like, just wants to protect her from anything. So he's like, I shouldn't have let her do this. And it's like, oh, this poor guy, like, he's just trying to give her, like, give his wife, like, again, he says one last time. So this is something that like, you know, he was bringing her there for this one last, you know, enjoyment. That's why it seems like she she must have been either dying or something like it's not mm-hmm. like i said again does that you know again earlier on she's like crying like just at the dinner table and you're like and, and it's very awkward but it's like they don't want to ask what it's about and you know I've, I've been in situations like that so i'm like you know it gets it it gets what you know that familiar awkwardness is and like i love that about like a film like that can do that where you go like one minute, it's like you, you're kind of feeling like you're feeling emotions for most of these people. Fuck you, Randall. But, uh, <laughs> I felt I, emotions for Randall, just not good ones. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like like to me, he he was he was giving me such like like douchebag Skeet Ulrich vibes like later on when, <laughs> when he's all like sweaty and his hair's all like in his face. But like, no, it's like, yeah, he's he he's useless the, only, the one time he's quote unquote not useless is when he goes to see if if jane's okay and that's when he gets like completely infected so it's like good job dude you're, <laughs> you're even useless in that you know well and, uh. and this leads me to a question that i had for for both of you uh mm-hmm. and jess i guess we'll i could start with you but what do you think causes mitch to do what he does because it, it you know a lot has to happen for someone to get to a point where it's like i'm I'm ending all of this. And I, 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 I had forgotten about it the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I'm like, what, what leads? Is it, do you think that it's like he, because he saw how his wife had been infected, transformed, and he's like, my role as a protector, I've failed, or there's nothing. Like, what, what do you think caused him to ultimately kind of like walk into the ocean and just end it all for himself? I think that Jane was his life. Like, mm. I, I think, I don't even know if he knows that the world is ending, but his world is ending and that's all that matters to him. Right. Hmm. Like Jane is his life. She is gone or whoever used to be Jane is gone and something new is there. And um, he either doesn't want that to happen to himself or he just has no purpose left. 
So he just, honestly, it's, it's terrifying and it's so sad, but it's weirdly peaceful um, that because he walks, he doesn't change his, the tempo of his stride. He doesn't like nothing changes. He just walks very resolutely into the ocean and like it's kind of in keeping you know i'm jumping ahead a bit it's kind of in keeping with emily when she kind of becomes part of the ocean later on Mm -hmm. but there's a lot less fear with midge it's Mm -hmm. just you know this is what's going to happen now but yeah i think he the world had already ended for him and he thought there's no reason to go on yeah i mean like i'll piggyback on that It's, it's it's that's exactly what i think like it's just it's his acceptance to i'm I'm, I'm not useful anymore because I couldn't even protect the love of my life. So what else is there? And then, you know, you could also say like, oh, he's seen her change and he's been feeling weird and stuff too. So he knows it's inevitable. Like he's going to mm-hmm. maybe become whatever his, because again, we don't see Jane from the moment when she kind of like is just zoned out with all her pill bottles to her side and like Mitch is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. in that morning and then like before they go out to the actual beach and she just really weakly climbs the stairs and goes into her room from that you know the moment she goes into the room that's when she transforms like whatever happens she's gone through the sickness and now she's that so he's seeing it yeah the the idea and the the theme of of acceptance is an interesting one because we we sort of have that with mitch where it does seem like he seems to accept that things are done near the end when uh when Randall and Emily are trying to find some type of um refuge and Emily's like we just have to stay here until the morning and he says like I'm not going to make it till tomorrow like he seems to know what's happening to him and yeah. even Emily's line at the very end don't be scared don't be scared that she's repeating over and over seems to have this thing of like everyone eventually gets to a point that's like yeah it it's over and yeah. I, I don't I don't know if there's a peacefulness to it, but it's more of just sort of the acceptance of like, yes, this is this is how it is. Um, and, and I also just love how that that final shot of Emily, how the wave crashes over her mm-hmm. and then she's gone and takes her back, mm-hmm. harkens back or, or is a good kind of bookend to the very opening shot of the film, which is just those underwater vents, you know, which is basically where life began on the planet. And just this thing right. of like that's where it started. That's where it's going to return, I think, is a wonderful a wonderful kind of circle and like and that's what i love about this movie it doesn't it doesn't beat you over the head it doesn't hold your hand it kind of gives you enough to kind of like here's we're going to introduce a theme and then i'm going to we're going to give you some shots and some things to support that but we're not going to say we're not going to have a scene where emily sits down and is like okay here's what i think is happening and here's <laughs> it's just kind of like no put it together and, and it'll make sense and i love mm-hmm. that yeah jess have you read a lot of lovecraft short stories or anything like that I have read some. I have I have not read a lot. Um, I'm, my favorite is probably The Color Out of Space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's a wonderful segue. Yeah, because this does have a... Now, I, I must admit that, you know, in doing research and taking notes, I, I Google, you know, The Beach House and Lovecraft and that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of what is brought to this, and, and we've, we've discussed this a lot on the show, is like a, a writer will kind of like, I think it's Lovecrafty, and so I will describe it as such, even though there's not necessarily... You know, Jeffrey A. Brown isn't out there saying like, yes, I've read Lovecraft and I'm inspired by it and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. this one, I did get a real like color out of space vibe to it um, yeah. with, I mean, not just the fact that there's that scene where they're outside and there's color everywhere. And like, oh, what is this strange thing? But we even have certain parallels like it's the 
older woman mother slash wife figure who is transforming in an upstairs room secluded away from everyone and mm -hmm. um even that idea there but there's even kind of a subversion of in that story it's something that came from outside which transformed or destroyed everything whereas right. here it's like no it's it's here yeah but because it's from the ocean it seems like it's a foreign body because of how alien and unfamiliar that whole thing is i, I really appreciated that mm -hmm. and we know so we know randall's an asshole um <laughs> we yeah. know we know that uh that mitch was a teacher and right. we know that emily wants to go to grad school and when yeah. it comes to the inner workings of their life their or their lives more specifically i should say that's kind of the only information that we're given but <clears throat> i think the film does a great job of these characters don't feel disposable we don't know a whole lot about them but they're not yeah. castaways or, or throwaways i should say or or one dimensional like we, we do get the sense of i don't know i don't know if you feel the same way but like even just this one interaction like i know exactly what kind of relationship randall and emily have had and how this is like this is probably not the only vacation together that has been like this for the two of them no exactly yeah i it's it feels like the the first maybe half of the film feels kind of like almost like a marital drama like it, mm -hmm. it just feels like an interpersonal drama at first even though it's already scary because you've already got these foreboding shots of the ocean that like and I can't imagine seeing it on the big screen when seeing that huge shot of the ocean would make you feel that much smaller rather than watching it like on a tv or a laptop like being yeah. dwarfed by this huge shot but um yeah you've got this these relationships and the script is really economical where you know randall and emily she talks about how the, he basically disappeared on her which again is not surprising for randall <laughs> <laughs> like he just disappeared on her dropped out of school only sent her a few emails and now they're trying to have like th this is their comeback weekend and like it's it sets it up with these parallels between the two couples where it's a big weekend for randall and emily trying to rekindle whatever kind of relationship they had and Mitch and Jane having their last hurrah at the lake house or the beach house. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that it sets them up where they each kind of have, like we talked about individual apocalypses. They've also got these relationship apocalypses where Randall and Emily are destined to break up regardless of even if the world hadn't ended these <laughs> right. people would not be together mm -hmm. and you know mitch and jane obviously jane is her health is in rapid decline and they're not going to be together anymore um another thing i really like it this is me being perhaps being egotistical because this was something i mentioned in my review of the film that i really liked but mm -hmm. this it feels like a home invasion story when the when it starts because you know Randall and Emily have just had sex upstairs and then Jane comes in and Emily thinks Jane is breaking in Jane thinks Emily and Randall have broken in <laughs> and the, all of these shots even when they're having a dinner party and we've resolved the misunderstanding it kind of reminded me a tiny bit of the strangers with all these really voyeuristic shots from behind them and like mm -hmm. just watching them and lingering on them and it it is an invasion story it's just not a home invasion story in a beach house like right. <laughs> you know maybe maybe humanity we are the people invading the planet when we have no right to be here like it, it kind of turns that kind of story on its head when we move into the more um fantastical elements of it 
So I just, I'm, I'm, I know I might be gushing a bit, but because I just really love this movie, but I, I like the way it kind of plays with those aspects. That's a really interesting read and interpretation of that. And I kind of, and I love that. And yeah. uh, I'm going to 100% use that at parties and claim it as my own. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no that, that's great. And I also, I mean, once again, getting back to uh, fucking Randall, but just how one of the first, oh, yeah. like we, we know immediately what he's about when they show up because the first thing they do when they get in the house is Emily yeah. wants to go somewhere and he kind of grabs and is like, so what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, it, it, tur- oh it turned my stomach so much because I've known guys like that, like, would, and I'm like, really? Like, like mm-hmm. come on, you can't wait. And not even that, <laughs> like, he's such an asshole that when they're like talking and he's like, oh, you you want basically like you want to move in here with me, like um I want to go to grad school. Oh come on, that's stupid. You know it's such stupid. bullshit, he, right? Like, and he says yeah. you know it's bullshit. Yeah, like, and, and the and hell like, I do. No, I, I I love Emily. Just goes uh no no I don't and like <laughs> which I love right away. You're like oh no no she's not tolerating his shit. She's trying her best. She's mm-hmm. trying her best to say you know what. There, there might have been a glimmer of of a good guy there, but like it's gone. And he's transformed even before his actual transformation. Yeah, you know, and and it's her trying. Yeah, it's her trying to see if she can change him. But no, when, once that transformation happened, like he's, you know, he has a bad relationship with his dad. I wonder why it's all happening. Like it's, <laughs> you know, and like he doesn't even tell his dad that he's going there, which is why his dad told his you know friends from 20 years mm-hmm. yeah you can go there that's fine mm-hmm. yeah you know, i'm not i'm not using it so yeah go have fun you know, yeah but... and he didn't anticipate this as his son wanted to squat there for a year basically right like, yeah <laughs> like, 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 we, we could we could have vacation all year long isn't right. that what you always wanted who the f- like like yeah like like when you're a kid that's what you want you want yeah. like oh i want to live in a you know like no you're a grown-up now calm down like yeah <laughs> with, with the implication being we could live here all year long because my dad is going to pay for it because right. i didn't complete college so i don't have an income to support us kind but, of thing but, like but, but had his whole his whole speech at dinner i've heard that speech too and oh my I, god I, and the funny thing is i can understand that mentality but the way he comes across, he's so entitled. You know, he's, it's be, like he wouldn't be having that conversation if he didn't come from money. You know what I mean? It's one of those things you go, oh, you're that type of guy. OK, exactly. <laughs> like yeah. your, da- your dad, you know, your dad has money. He has enough money to have a beautiful beach house. Of course you can do that. But if you're you know, you're if you're from like squalor, you ain't thinking the same way. You know, like oh god, oh. I know. I we yeah. we hate Randall. I really like that actor because the way he yes. delivers that speech, you oh, know, great. it's so disingenuous the way yes. he's delivering it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you know, he doesn't believe his stick it to the man thing because he, you are the man, Randall. You know, <laughs> you're the rich kid. You know, you have the luxury of saying all this stuff that you don't really believe to sound like edgy or like you're really sticking it to somebody when you're not. And, right. and there's also, or I can't even call it boldness, but there's a real arrogance of having that education is bullshit speech when next to you is your girlfriend who's <laughs> going to go to grad school right. and a teacher of multiple mm-hmm. decades. Like, come mm-hmm. on, you're like you read the room, man. Yeah, you're 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 really sticking it to the man, asshole. <laughs> cool. Um, but in your free house with your free booze, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know. Uh, getting you know getting high and then immediately passing out on the floor and not caring about what's happening for them everyone knows exactly. that guy that's just like guys 
let's get high and then he's out and just doesn't give <laughs> yeah. a shit about anyone no, everyone knows no, that guy no the funny thing is usually at, at like at parties or something i'm the person with the records that's playing all the records but i ain't falling asleep i'm like so in like in tune like i got i gotta keep playing music to get the, the you know the whole party going while everyone else around me is passing out and like, I'm, <laughs> I'm still the one at three in the morning oh i gotta play this this very ambient music right now and everyone's like snoring and around me i'm like <laughs> okay like if you're if you're ever in a in a big big room full of people on molly it's not something i suggest because not because of what you think it's boring because everyone's like all crazy for an hour and then they're all falling asleep on each other and you're like okay um this is weird i'm just gonna keep playing music that's all i'm gonna do just, maybe I'm in I'm in my own world right now. <clears throat> maybe it's because I haven't seen enough Cassavetes to say this, but like, what if, <laughs> this is sort of like what if Cassavetes made a horror film? <laughs> no, I, I I can see that. Like it's it's you know again it like where he comes from that's like very fifties. It also like it's very seventies, like one location drama. Like you know very mm-hmm. play. It's like this could work on stage as a play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm always impressed with films like that because, you know, some people might look at that and go, oh, well, that's because of budget. Yeah. But you know what? You have to do something interesting with that budget, no matter how big or small. Like, do I want a beach house movie where it's like you've seen all this like even crazier shit that's going on? No, I don't. Because when you do see the crazy shit happening later on, it's more tense because you're like, oh, my God, this is worse than I even thought it was. But it's not like hammered in. You know, it's like. Once you see like, oh, there's a car, but there's nobody around. And then like you turn one corner and there's a, a guy crawling. You're like, okay, it's not a huge cast. You know what I mean? And then you see like in that basement, in that, in that, you know, that house, some guy is being eaten al- like alive by this other being, like this other person that's transformed much longer. And I love the, like when she sees him or it, you know, I, can't, I don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> and like, it looks at her like, and squirts something at her. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right? Oh, yeah. it's disgusting. And, and she says, and this is after she, you know, and again, this is why, like, you know, I understand Randall was all, oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> this girl is friggin' walking the best she can with a, like after pulling out a friggin' tendril <laughs> from a jellyfish <laughs> in one of the worst scenes like ever. Like that got to be like, cause it just the way it looked and like, it's such a s- simple special effect, but how it got into her foot and you see it wiggling and then going inside. You're like, no, please no. Right, and like it, it was waving at her like, hey bitch. And then it yeah, went inside. Yeah, like, oh, right. Man. And, you know, growing up, like, I always heard, you know, when you have a jellyfish sting, you have to pee on it. Yes. That's what I've ever heard. And then going, oh, okay, white vinegar. That's good to know. You know, you don't have white vinegar on a on an actual beach, so it makes sense, the urine part. So I was like, oh, white vinegar. She, like, she's so smart and, like, you know, capable. And that's another thing that, sadly, doing this podcast, a lot of times we see female characters kind of be not useless but they're kind of thrown in to be what would you say jim like sexualized or they, like they, brutalized they're, or they're something. primarily utilized to kind of give agency to the man basically so whatever right. happens to her inspires the man to man. take some course of action yeah right which is bullshit so like what i love about the you know even you know starfish you had a strong female protagonist <clears throat> you know with her own problems but she's trying to barrel through and be as good as she can be and yeah. then in this you know 
girl's walking on one foot. Like she's like I can only imagine like her realization of after it's still in her foot at this point, and she's like, I gotta go up all these stairs and crawling. And I love <laughs> not knowing about that scene and going, Oh, that's the poster. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, of her mm-hmm. head peeking over the stairs. Right, it's such a clever poster because, like, you know, if you see the poster, you go, "Okay, what is what's going on? Ooh, mm-hmm. it's creepy." <laughs> then you see, like, "Oh no, it's such a harrowing scene." And then, like, her screaming mm-hmm. for Randall, of course, he's nowhere to be found. You know, yeah, he's, he, he's being like whatever <laughs> squirted on or whatever it is, like, <laughs> with, with like, oh, that that stuff, like, because you see it coming out of the faucets, and it's like very mm-hmm. this thick, like it almost looks like, um. If you go to Dunkin' Donuts and what they use to make the culottes, <laughs> yeah, like I want this. I want a Blu-ray of this film. I want to hear it, like a commentary track with mm-hmm. him because, like, and and even the actors, just like, what did they use for some of these like simple special effects? But they're great. Like it's all, like the stuff that's practical is practical, and yeah. it's great. You know, like that. That like I said, the jellyfish scene, like 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 in her foot when she's taking a knife and some. Tw- you know, well, what are you? Pli- um, yeah, not pliers, um, but like tongs. Like tongs, yeah. Tongs, yeah. Tongs. yeah oh, thank God. you. I couldn't even think of a word either. But, oh. but pulling it out, and she's just—I love the shot of her like face of horror. Har- this is horrified face pulling it out. Oh my like, God! Like, and you see it just pulling. And I'm like, and it's still quote unquote alive. Yeah, again, it's mm-hmm. still wriggling around. Right, oh, and, and with, the, with the little like you know blade part, and I'm like, yes, that, like jellyfish. Like, why? Why were these created? Like. What purpose do they have? Like, like <laughs> so, certain things you understand. Oh, okay, these have because they eat the dead of this, and you know, you know, but what did like jellyfish are just wastes of life. Like, you know, no brains. I mean, and, I can I can I can make a, a joke like a political joke, but I'm not going to. And and there are but, so know. few predators for them that like right right yes who's yeah. who's eating a jellyfish. <laughs> Like oh nobody goes. Oh, you know what? I want to. I want to eat that uh, jellyfish. Really, really craving some jellyfish right now. Yeah, no. Yeah, one, I want to be a jellyfish culotta. There we oh, go. <laughs> there we go. It makes now. It makes sense. Yeah, it's made from jellyfish. Okay. Yep. In <laughs> that moment too, when she's on the kitchen floor and she oh. recognizes Mitch is gone. I have no idea where my boyfriend is. Jane is upstairs, probably right. dying. Mm-hmm. That's the moment. If I'm in that situation, I'm giving up right then. Like I'm, I'm kind of just like I'm sitting on the floor and just being like, "This is my life now," and I just have to because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know when this. So what she does, she's like, "I'm nope. gonna cut my foot open and pull this thing out." Just like right, that's right. that's when I give up. Like okay, and I wanted to say this. We you talked about how you know she has a lot of agency. She's so smart mm-hmm. and does all the right things. That's another thing I love about this movie. It reminded me of the book, The Ruins, because mm. there are a couple of characters in that book who they're in a horrifying situation. They do everything right. They do right. all the smart things and they still die. They yeah. still die horribly and they, they don't even last till the end. Like she does everything she's supposed to do. She does everything you're supposed to do to survive. And it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. No. Like she's just going to die regardless, even though she's being smart, she's finding oxygen tanks. She's trying to escape, yeah. you know, because you cannot escape. It is, it is futile. You know, I, that's another thing I love about it. It's so bleak because she does everything right. She's so smart, but she's still going to die. Yeah. And, but, and I, I would I would push back a little bit on the 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 bleakness at least not for her because for her as someone who's like I'm studying astrobiology it's the study mm. of this and basically our cosmic insignificance and her journey is basically like once she's infected like 
yeah, if that's really what I'm studying, if that's really what I believe and accept, like, yeah, this is just part of the whole thing. And so don't be scared. Don't be scared. Like, yeah, why? Because this is this is just how it is anyway. You don't realize this is actually her thesis for her. <laughs> like her, her, her going, don't be scared is like her going, okay. End scene, you know, like mic drop. Okay, this is what we are. <laughs> Damn it. I learned it a little too hard. You know? <laughs> I didn't even have to go to graduate school for this. You know. And I, I don't see don't be scared as being reassuring. Like, I think it's Ooh. she's trying not to be scared, but she's still mm. scared out of her mind. Like, well, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, she feels the transformation happening. You see the eyes yeah. already glazed mm-hmm. over, yet she still has that little sliver of humanity until the water takes her away. You're like, wow. Yeah, you could take it different ways. And that's yeah. kind of like what, but again, that's what I like about a good, you know, quote unquote dark ending or like not not a typical happy ending. Because, you know, sadly, that's what happens. You know, it's inevitable. But, you know, her realizing that it's going to happen. Okay, might as well just let it take me away. Yeah. Why, why suffer and be puking up this white stuff and yeah. like yeah. being in such pain? You know, she might be in pain, but she's accepting of that pain. And we don't mm-hmm. like, again, she gets swept away and, become, you know, becomes one with the ocean now. Yeah. You know? And I, I think you alluded to it earlier. I don't think we talked about it while we were recording, though. Um, I, I feel like I'd be remiss since I like, quote unquote, teased it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. But the thing that I noticed on my fourth watch that I didn't notice the previous rewatches, um, don't be scared is kind of a mantra that recurs throughout the script. Hmm. Um, when Mitch is, excuse me, not Mitch, uh, Randall is trying to talk her out of going to grad school because he's just an asshole. He's like, oh, don't be scared. We can just, you know hang out in my dad's house for a year and do nothing. He, he says, don't be scared. And then Mitch is listening to her talk about her field of study. And he's talking about how terrifying it is that the vastness of the world and all the things that he doesn't know and all the things that people are learning that are, that are passing him by, those things terrify him. He says that to her and she says, oh, don't be scared. So I love that that keeps coming up. And then at the end, again, I, I don't see that as being you know, she reassures Mitch by saying, don't be scared. But mm-hmm. at the end, she herself is so terrified of the thing that she was so drawn to. But yeah, I just, I, I find new things to love about this script every time I watch it and don't be scared showing up so many times is the newest one for me that I found that I really appreciate. Yeah, And that's cool. And that's, that's totally fair. And yeah, I, I could see that too. It was like, it, it's, her trying and failing to reassure herself like this is all a natural biological thing but also i'm dying or 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 yeah. my existence is no longer going to be as i believe my existence to be and yeah that's a that's a yeah that's a horrible thing because like it's one <laughs> thing to die it's another thing it's another thing to be like aware like yes this is imminently going to happen to me and mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah who is who is peaceful at that at that moment i don't know right there's a huge difference between the abstract and the concrete realization of your own mortality Mm -hmm. like i can handle the fact that yes theoretically i'm going to die one day but if i knew i was going to die in the next five seconds i that's a different level of terror i can't really comprehend yeah no you that's a very good point jess i very much i I, I agree with you on that one so um yeah does anyone else have any anything else about uh anything else about the beach house Lo- love this movie um mm-hmm. I- i'll my one final thought is just like yes i love how how jeffrey brown like used 
his low budget, but also with enough hints and shooting to kind of indicate isolation, loneliness, because think about it, a beach house that's, you know, in an abandoned neighborhood is spiritually kind of the same thing as just like sitting in a lighthouse, you know, in the vastness of like of your own isolation, which is like, it's not too hard to see one in the other. And, and like how many people go mad and just kind of find that to be such a suffocating, isolating, horrible experience. Right. Or a cabin mm-hmm. in the woods somewhere. Like also mm-hmm. like secludedly, yeah, like a seclusion is, you know, it's one of those things people strive for, like, oh, it's, it'll be good for a vacation. It'll be good to write my novel. It'll be good to whatever, you know, to do, you know, to fix a relationship. But, you know, it, uh, ultimately, like, you know, we, we as people, like, you know, even when, like, you know, I joke about it, like, I don't want people around me, but if I was by, my, <laughs> if I, but if I was by myself 24-7, not dealing with work, not dealing with anything, it, 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 it wouldn't, it, you know, even like no, no, you know, no social media, nothing. Like I'm talking about just, I'm in my own world. That's, that's a scary, that's to be a scary thing too. Like, you know, so like the seclusion is like something that a lot of these films and stories show us that, oh, it's great at first, but look what happens after a day or two, a week, whatever the case, when something is, you know, in horror films, something's unleashed, something is put out there that's, like oh my god like what but it's like is it scary because they're secluded and this is happening would it be as scary if it was in like a very well populated area you know it's it's again it's it again it, it it works because of budget reasons but it also to me just gives you that underlying sense of dread and again going back to we think it's one type of film at least myself i'm like okay who are these people like and it's like this weird dynamic and then it's like oh no it's something else entirely and like i like again i love this film like it's really you know this is going to be one of those films that i show people that want to see a very smart um like you could say thriller horror film like but that has elements of like what you know i know jim and i will agree like lovecraft adjacent mm-hmm. you know it's not lovecraftian but not much is Lovecraftian the more we, we delve into these films that have elements, you know, and again, funny enough, this film has a little bit of tentacles or like tendrils, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, a little, little bit, but like, but, it, but it's, but it's not ridiculous. You know, it's not like coming out of a friggin' like weird, like doorway grabbing people, but, <laughs> but yeah, I was really impressed with this again, another like first time filmmaker. And I, I like, I can't wait to see what he does next. I want to see mm-hmm. if he gets like a bigger budget because this film getting like bought right away before it even like premiered at the, you know, Brooklyn film festival, uh, shout out to Matt Barone for that one. Um, <laughs> just great stuff. Like, you know, just solid. And again, you don't have to just, bombard people with one type of horror there's so many different aspects of horror there's not just like that's the again the idea what's horror horror is whatever you make of it you know like to me some films that are looked upon as like a drama sometimes are horror to me you know it's like oh my god that's 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 scary i don't want to deal with that shit you know (laughs) um yeah i love it and yeah thank you jessica for showing us this you know Oh, my absolute pleasure. And I, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, yeah. uh, another thing I love about it is 
in movies like this, a lot of times the goal is just to reach another person, to make contact with somebody else. Uh And every time that happens in this film, it gets even worse. When they, when they hear someone on the radio talking about, yeah, we're all going extinct, have fun. Or (laughs) when they, the, the truck, the tow truck, and she gets on the radio with the guy, he tells her, you know, get away as fast as you can. And she says, is the fog poisonous? And he says, that's not fog. And that's the end. Yeah. It's not fog. And this horrible voice, like every time they encounter another person, it makes it even worse. And they have even less hope than before. So I, I, it plays with conventions a lot, I think. And it's just really brilliant. But yeah, I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that y'all enjoy this movie because I really love this movie and I like talking about it. So, <laughs> well, we, we were certainly happy to have you here to talk about it. Um, two things before we sign off, and both of those things are for James. Ah. Number one, it's the end of June, which means July is coming up. And James also said he was going to plan what films were doing for July. So, James, what do we got in store for July? I mean, I one film I know for like I'm pretty much want to cover is the uh, the unnameable. Mm-hmm. That's one I definitely wanted to cover with you. And I, again, this is going back to an actual Lovecraft adaptation. <laughs> okay. And the other one was the other one, the one we want to do, the one with Chris Sarandon. The, uh, um, yeah, the resurrected, I believe. The resurrected. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Dan O'Bannon scripted. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are two, quote unquote, straight up Lovecraft adaptations. Um, yeah. Like those are two I want to do. Like down the line, we'll do the uh, anthology film Necronomicon. Yes. Um, which will bring us back to uh, the fun, weird gore- goriness of uh, Screaming Mad George, like we did on <laughs> Society. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so those are the films I think I'm, I'm, I'm down for those two. I, I, I think we need to go back to see. Let's let's see if like these people doing an actual Lovecraft adaptation can do it, quote unquote, better or <laughs> not. Yeah, and it, it's been it's been a while since we've done a straight adaptation, right. just because of there's only so many out there. Um, and a lot of which are not good in any way, shape or form. So, uh, no, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good to get back to the text, um, dig into those a little bit and, uh, and, and to, you know, really criticize people for what they, uh, what they (laughs) think passes for a good adaptation of an HP Lovecraft, um, story. So, but number two, now this is the second time James just sort of casually glossed over that he has a fiance. He just kind of mentioned it in the last episode we moved on. And now the last time Corinne was on this podcast talking about society, she was just the girlfriend. James, you've gotten engaged and you didn't even tell us. Well, it's it's, it's unofficial. Like, basically, we've realized, like, we're we're just together. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like, there's no ring involved. It's just, well, why are we just boyfriend and girlfriend? Like, we're going to spend our lives together. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just like, so now it's more like, getting across oh, yeah, you know fiance that's that's an easy word to say you know so, it's not like it's not scary it's not like oh god uh, no I, I can't say what what we what we are to people you know what i mean like 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 probably what randall would be like you know <laughs> <laughs> because he does have that conversation in the movie like about a oh, family and uh, kids uh, mm-hmm. it's like oh shut the fuck up you know because even mitch sees how lucky he is Mitch is like, how did you get so lucky to be with such an intelligent woman? Like, yeah, oh, yeah I'm pretty lucky, man. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, get out of here. But yeah, so it's kind of an unofficial thing. And like, again, Jim, like, you know, going back to you, you know, can't wait to uh, celebrate your actual real party time marriage. Yeah, yeah, we had September. Jess. Yeah, for, it's going to be for, awesome. 
for newcomers such as Jess, yes, I, I got I got married St. Patrick's Day of last year only because mm-hmm. we were supposed to get married March 22nd and had to postpone due to the there. I don't know if you were aware of this. There was a pandemic. <laughs> that oh, hit. wait, wait. This is the first time hearing of it. What yeah, happened? No, okay, well, I'll, I'll fill you in once we stop recording. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, and so we had to postpone that, but we also we had 90 days to to use our 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 marriage uh, mm-hmm. license, so we threw together a wedding in three hours we got married in fort tryon park and so now we're in september we're actually having like the the celebration we had always always planned so a Mm -hmm. little bit of modifications the venue we initially had chosen went out of business because of aforementioned pandemic but Mm -hmm. um there was a second location just a a little bit further north so we're we had to change locations and a few things here and there but uh but yeah we're we're excited for it and it's uh there's kind of an unofficial movie and books theme. So um, we're actually going to be doing a trivia contest at our wedding um, with three categories, movies, books, and then movies based on books. So uh, I'm sure James will have no problem with that one whatsoever. <laughs> well, it depends on the book. It depends on the book. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's what's happening. So uh, love is in the air at, a, yes. at uh, the Cast of Cthulhu, including how much we loved having Jess on this podcast. Oh, this thank you so much. So, and um, I loved being here. So Jess, awesome. if there are other people who are like, oh, this woman is delightful, I need to engage with her more. <laughs> How can people find you and your stuff online? Uh, come say hi to me at We Who Walk Here on Twitter. Um, I'm on all the time. I've got links to my portfolio and all kinds of, you know, podcast appearances, silly cosplay pictures, things like that. So yeah, just come say hi to me at We Who Walk Here. Not just silly, because the one you did of the one of the characters from The Stranger is legitimately disturbing. Oh yay! Thank that, you. Yeah, there's just <laughs> that's what I was about, going for. There's something about that mask. I'm just like, nope. Yeah. Tamara is not home. Please move along. No, there's no one here. Keep she moving. lives in a different zip code. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was Jess. Jess, thank you once again so much for for joining us uh, on the oh, council to talk about the beach house. Um, you can email us at uh, moviesofmadness at gmail.com. James and I are both on Twitter. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth. He is Fistful of Media, and together we are Cast Cthulhu. You can also find us on Cthulhu Cast on Facebook and pretty much everywhere that you find uh, your favorite podcasts, including going to battleshipretention.com. Um, rate us, comment. We always like to engage with people. Um, I say that having not checked battleshipretention.com in a while, so maybe there's a lot of comments that I have not gotten to. So sorry about that. Um, but, you know, it's been a pandemic, so I'm going to continue using that as an excuse for a while. Um now but um yeah so that was uh, the beach house thank you for listening be sure to tune in next time where we will be talking about the unnameable um in the meantime we'll be waiting and dreaming with dead cthulhu in his house in relia This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 